1: Welcome back to a Celtic state of mind. It is Thursday afternoon. I'm Paul John Dykes and I'm delighted to be joined by John Paul Mason. JP, welcome back to the show. Uh, A week has passed, yet we don't see many further forward. Uh, We'll start off at the weekend. We'll talk about all the chats since then and we'll try and look ahead. Uh, Ticket allocations, ultra still locked out, loads to discuss, JP.
0: Yeah, there is, and your new shelving uh, units as well, which are fully Celtic. There, there's no, there's no uh, real alternative there, but that's, that's fine.
1: That's all right. the, the thing is, JP, someone had the audacity a few weeks ago to criticise uh, your backdrop, so I decided to go studs up and do the exact same myself. My OCD is going to be running wild today because I'm not lined up with yours, but there you go. Yeah, <laughs> all Celtic, all Celtic, and a step closer to how the studio is going to look at some point in 2024. So thanks, everybody, for your patience. I know that um, it's probably not the way you would expect to see Axon uh, dialing out. However, we'll be changing it all next season. Uh, JP under wraps at the moment, but loads of good plans, and hopefully Celtic have got loads of good plans for January as well, JP. But I do have a niggling concern in the back of my head that's uh, almost as if they don't see the concern or they don't share the concern of us. Uh, guys like you and me, Celtic supporters, um, you know we've seen the board acting slowly or failing to react before when there's been an issue. And um, do they see the real extent of what's going on at the moment? Lack of quality, Roger's unhappy with the new signings, um, low morale, no momentum. Do you think the board share our views? Because I always get the sense that they just think, you know, the word and title gets thrown about a bit. But I, we're just moaning for the sake of it. You should be um, glad that you've had all this success, which we are. But, you know, when you're, you're seeing the standards dropping, surely it's OK for us to to raise that, discuss it, point it out. Well,
0: it is, but, I mean, there's, there's ways and means of doing that. I don't know whether verbally abusing board members at the game on Saturday. I saw a bit of commotion over there from my side of the ground. Uh, I obviously don't know what was said, don't know how bad it was or whatever, um, and how many people were involved. The sack, the board chance. I mean, I don't know if that's a little bit premature. I think there's, there's definitely ire to be aimed there, but to hear Sack the Board chants kind of shocked me a little bit. Definitely shocked me considering, I know we go on about it all the time, but obviously we are of that vintage that remember the original Sack the Board chants. And you do wonder what age people were that were singing Chat sack the board on Saturday. What was it, guys? Ages with me and you, or was it people that have picked that up from their dads or uncles or brothers or whatever, and just decided to to regurgitate it? I don't know, but um, obviously, yeah, there isn't. There's no getting away from the fact that there's, there's there's problems at the moment, and there's problems as we've talked about many times and here about the recruitment, the recruitment. It's all very well, because because Alec was thinking about it and going, well, we've beaten uh, Feyenoord in a Champions League game, a Feyenoord team that wanted to win. We've drawn two to Atletico Madrid. We've amassed the points total that we've amassed before now. So clearly um, the players in in the squad are, are capable of getting results. There's no doubt about it. I just think it's when the squad gets exhausted and then you're relying on people to do it week in, week out. It's the people those people can't do it week in week out, and that's kind of what Brendan Rodgers has said that you need to have that mentality to to see see yourself through a game and win it a game when it's ugly like it was at Rugby Park, and ultimately like it was on Saturday as well because yeah. things just went against us. You know, I, I don't really know what the marking was going on, what was going on with the marking at the corner, and how you weave a striker like Shankland done marked at the back post to just have a acres,
1: first, acres first,
0: three header space <laughs> to, 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 to put them one up. One up is a, a, a small hill to climb 2-0 suddenly became a mountain and whilst you can whilst I did gripe at the time about the free kick and I was said to guys about me I was like I look forward to seeing that again to see if that was a free kick I've seen it back about five or six times I still don't think it's a free kick however there's a lot of there's a lot to happen after that and the guys obviously put it away
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, absolutely brilliantly. You can't you can't argue with that. So then 2-0, that's when you're looking for the character your players to 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 do something. And this team, current team, haven't really faced that level of adversity. So it may be the case that they just think it's too big a, too big a, an ask for them to come back. 2-0 down against Hearts. When Hearts haven't really played that well, you know, they've had two chances and they've scored two goals. And it's so about I,
1: containment. It was about containment, JP, wasn't it? They, they didn't create a great deal, did they?
0: Not really, no. And but then you sometimes don't need to do that. You have smash and grab results all the time. But it was up to us and how we dealt with that situation. And we just were relying on relying upon people that have now had opportunities. I don't want to single him out, but Mikey Johnson's had several opportunities now to prove to us that he's worth a first-team jersey at Celtic Park, and on the basis of what we've seen so far, he's not. So that's when you're looking to get the players back in that have been out injured. Like Maeda, I don't think Maeda was going to be in the magic wand that was suddenly going to make everything better, but he has to come back and start playing in the system that Brendan Rodgers wants to, to play at Celtic. But, it goes back to the equipment and we're relying upon these guys in the middle of December, in the middle of a, of a tough run of games, and they haven't they haven't proved that they can do that, that they can be that player that gets us out of a hole. Or you know, Lewis Palmer flatters to deceive, I think, sometimes. I think he's obviously got, got it in him to, to score goals. He's got he's got talent, but we needed him at Easter Road at 0-0. We needed him on Saturday and to be substituting Lewis Palmer for a left-back who we all know is quite loudly out there that he's not got a future at Celtic Park. I mean, I think these are the last days of Alexander Bernabe at Celtic Park. There's no doubt yeah. about it. So to be bringing a guy on like that to <laughs> hope and pray that he's going to do something down that left wing, whether it's... Uh, cross a ball and or, or score a goal I think that was it was a sad state it was a sad indictment of what, what we've got in our locker at the moment to play when that's what, what we're putting on and then to then shift them about again to put, move them back to left back when Forrest comes on was just even more um, wild but I, I mean i Saturday's a huge game now it, just, it, it was always going to be every one of these games as, as I said about two or three weeks ago that December we had so many games and they were all packed together that you've got to you've got to just get the results so Saturday's about getting the result and how we go about that is not really a concern to me as, as long as we do it
1: The, the big thing as well the final game going into that JP and I know that by that point, without the Champions League, um, you were hearing rumblings online. There was a lot of tickets being swapped, you know, Celtic spares, etc. There was a lot of availability, um, and to a degree, some people might have checked out a wee bit uh, from that particular game. And what we were saying from the Axon perspective was, it's part of a, a four-game uh, run whereby we play Nerd and then we're up against Hearts. then it's Livingston and it's Dundee. And in that four games, because of the Kelly game, it was about trying to, you know, bring back a, a flow uh, and a rhythm to the team, get the momentum flowing, get some uh, win- wins behind you. And then you go into the Rangers game because personnel, other than people coming back from injuries, you can do nothing about that. You're you're working with a group of players you've got if you're Brendan Rodgers. So it's about trying to get that momentum. And we've gone into that Nerd game and I felt brilliant. I thought... Excellent. That, that's stage one of this wee small phase of games um, to try and prepare for Rangers completed. Not a vintage performance, but I felt like we played as though the shackles had come off. And um, you're thinking to yourself, oh, right, OK, belts back in, back in the favour, and there's somebody else that we might be able to work with. And then there was this kind of random element of the team selection. And uh, you've already mentioned Burnaby. I think to myself, what are you bringing to the party? At any point, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, I would have much rather have had someone like Mitchell frame in there where there's a a bounce to the young guy coming in, JP. Put him on the bench if you need him, bring him in. Um, I mean, his confidence will never be as high as it was after that game against Feyenoord, yet he drops out of the squad. And the other guy, of course, was Gustav Lagerbilt. You and I banging on about Lager, 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 talking about your memories of the underworld. And we were really buoyant on Thursday last week following that. And yeah. um, so uh, imagine what the two players, Lagerbelkin, frame felt like. And then they're dropped from the squad. And you're looking at that bench, Bernabe, and Quan are on that bench. I, I don't understand that. And I know that we could go through certain players who need to step up, certain players that you are now questioning their mentality, a word that's been used by Brendan Rodgers. Um, then you're looking at the board issue. I'm going to come back to that. I've got my thoughts on that as well. But then you look at the gaffer, Brendan Rodgers and he needs to be laser focused as I said there between now going into January and um, there's there's quite a lot of this responsibility on the gaffer as well JP isn't it? I mean that that was a bizarre team selection wasn't it?
0: It was but I mean I don't think that Lager Bielke scoring that goal suddenly equaled to me alright he has to start on Saturday because that's not what he's in the team to do. Fair enough it was an amazing moment and all the rest of it but there's obviously been a judgment made whether it's right or wrong about him and the, the signs are from the the things that we hear and read Stephen McGowan's mm-hmm. article whether or not that's you know uh, gospel or not, I don't know but it, it certainly usually points the points the way when it comes to how things are going to play out and I mean Lagerbielka scoring that goal, obviously a great moment for him but the writings on the wall for him, I think, before that goal goes in. That yeah. his, and I, th- I can't remember. I listened to Homeboys and E. Tim's podcast in the last couple of days, and someone on that, and I forget who, so apologies, pointed out that Joe Hart was seen at the end of the game with Lager Bielka. And if you lip read him, he said, No matter what happens, or something along with something similar, no matter what happens, you, like as if to say, You've done this, and yeah. you've made the mark. So that would indicate without being a rocket scientist that he might not long have long left at the club. And that's a huge, huge, huge issue in the fact that we've signed somebody who clearly should have been scouted better and yeah. hasn't. Been, and therefore has come in, we've spent this money on him. He's made the move to another country. He's only a young guy and well, I think he's like what, 23 or something. And, um, still you're asking a guy to up uproot from his home country, come to play in another country with the, the hope of playing first team football or maybe the promise of playing first team football and then suddenly he's reassessed when he's at the club and he's not deemed the quality that we we're looking for or the type of excuse me, the type of player that we're looking for. We can't afford to make mistakes like that in the transfer market. We've we've said that so many times. We can't afford to just Another
1: three million down, down
0: not down they? I know it's so wild, and four million in Burnaby or whatever it was, or the thick end of four million in Burnaby, yeah. he's going to probably leave with little return. And we've said this so many times. That's the worst thing that we can see as a Celtic supporter is our club spending money badly. And like I said about any signing that comes in in January simply has to be signed off by the manager. The people will, be, will people now be questioning whether or not we should be allowing Brendan Rodgers to have that um, power? But ultimately, we do because we. I don't want to hear uh, post-match interviews with Brendan Rodgers where he's talking about Terminado or I've got about a million wingers. Or
1: we don't, don't, want to hear. don't, JP. It's like a bad nightmare remembering the interviews and... It's almost. I'm not going to say it's history repeating itself, but that was down to recruitment. It was mm-hmm. down to recruitment, not being given the quality that he needed, yeah. and he wanted. And you know, people might still say, "Oh, but Brendan Rodgers said in the AGM that he signs off all the players." Right? I get that he said that, but he clearly doesn't or hasn't. JP, oh. I mean, you've got Lagerbiel, and and I'm the same as yourself. I wouldn't have started them at the weekend. I, I wouldn't have just thrown them in there. Um, I think that you've got a. Central defensive partnership there in because and Scales at the moment that is the best partnership we've got, and if they're fit to they play, um, to drop them from the bench. Someone argued, well, Stephen Welsh would have been the other guy being dropped. Does he deserve to get dropped? And I get that argument. No, he, he doesn't. I thought Welsh did really well um, yeah. when he played against Fayonard. So I, I get it. And you don't want, maybe you don't want to have two centre centre-halves on the bench. Right, that's fine. Um, but what, what it says to me is that Brendan Rogers clearly, and it's no secret, doesn't rate Gustav Lagerbelt. You can take it from some of the really good sources that are out there, JP, but I mean, we, we've we obviously got our own information as well and we knew that the gaffer didn't rate him. And when it comes down to that, you know, it's easy to look at certain players and say, well, he doesn't rate them or they're definitely not ready, so they're one for the future. And I think one or two of the guys that came in could well fall into that category. I think Odin Holm, falls into that category. And I think uh, Marco Tillio could well fall into that category. If they're not going to play between now and the end of the season, OJP, um I think probably not home because he's had a bit of game time. But guys like Tillio and Quan, if they're not going to play uh, and you do think there's something there for the future, get them loaned out. Get them loaned out and playing games because, you know, it's, it's almost as if Telio, two and a half million quid, uh, big buy, big buy in the summer. He's not going to play. So get them loans out. The guys that you've had enough of a look at and you think, I don't wait, I mean, he's not going to play for me. Move them on. You've just got to move them on. I mean, I don't know how much you're going to get back. I think we've done business in the past where we've lost a shed load of money on players, JP. But if he's going to be sitting there and apparently he's on 14 grand a week um, not playing, you've just got to move them on. And uh, what that says, that examples more than any other example shows Brendan Rogers wasn't signing off a lot of these players. Right? And I'm not not—I'm not saying he's lying, JP, but you're not going to sit at an AGM and say, oh, by the way, all these guys to my left signed the players. I'm mm. just a coach here. You, you, you can never admit that, can you? Um, for two reasons. The players that are in question aren't going to think that you back them. The ones that you do want to get a tune out of, you know, guys like Palmer, who you're asking to play, you're not going to get a tune out of them when he knows the gaffer's not signed them or doesn't rate them. And also... You've just been employed by these guys. So you're not going to go against them this soon in, you know, six months down, down the line. You're not going to then say, Oh, by the way, it's a shambles. That recruitment strategy that I spoke so highly of is rubbish. You can't mm. do it. You can't do it. So he had to say that, didn't he, really?
0: There was well, yeah, there was one moment on Saturday in the second half, I think, and I saw Matt Riley react. It's, Cause when I said you're not that far from the pitch, so you can kind of see players' reactions, their facial expressions, the way they throw their hands up and all the rest of it. And O'Reilly was absolutely... This is a guy... So Matt O'Reilly and Lewis Palmer do their wee kind of uh, high-five, handshake thing when they score a goal, right? That's
1: fine. I'm, no problem with that. Are you are you OK with that, JP? Well, I'm gonna interject, are you OK with
0: that? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right with that.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm, going, I'm sorry, I'm jumping in. I'm going back. You remember Ryan Giggs and Paul Inch used to do it? Yes, I did. Did my head on. I did my head on back then. Lee
0: Sharp used to do the Elvis thing with the corner flag. Uh, He did, he did, aye. (laughs) Canada could do whatever he wanted. I (laughs) mean, Larson did the the tongue sticking it. But no, anyway, I digress. They have that relationship. So they're obviously quite pally on the pitch or whatever that they do that. But Matt O'Reilly was absolutely raging with Palmer for making the wrong decisions. And you could see it and he, he, he just... He was so he was so frustrated, and that's the worry is that you've got these players who are good enough to play first team football for Celtic, but when they're surrounded by people that are a few percent down uh, in the and the um, in the rankings next to them, then that's going to obviously impact their game as well, and they're yeah, frustrated. Yeah. Then you've got the Kyogo issue, which is not going away, and I read. Um, uh, the article in the Herald this morning, it might be this morning's Herald. Uh, Charles McGarry, is that that name ring a bell? I think I think that I think that's who, who wrote it, and basically saying what's the problem with Kyogo? And they attributed a quote at the start of his article, which you could have attributed to Brendan Rodgers, but it was actually Ange Postecoglou that said it. Said something like, "He's like any other striker. When they don't score for a few games, then the whole world collapses in on them, and." The article was basically pointing to the fact that this isn't a first time mm. for Coglu having a barren spell. And he had barren spells under under de Postecoglou, But he was on... I think he's on, what, six goals this season and he, 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 he scored his 11th goal of the season in the corresponding fixture against Livingston last last season. So he obviously is quite clearly a way off it. Otherwise, he misses that chance against Harps at the start of the second half, which... Could have been been the beginning of a comeback, and then when when the rest of the team are looking around and seeing the talisman missing a chance like that, the head could, the heads could go. I mean, they shouldn't because they're professional football players being paid handsomely. But you could you could be forgiven for being like, "All right, it's not. It really isn't our day if he's missing a chance like that." Um, then we're we're, we're on plums. So
1: we're doomed. Yeah. Aye, uh, but. No, the,
0: the Kyogo thing, I don't I don't people will obviously say, oh well, it's because of the new style of play and everything else. I just think it's the look who's been playing on the wing for us and not getting crosses and the amount of times we hit the first man with a cross is mm-hmm. unbelievable. <laughs> like it's may as well just I mean the amount of corners we had as well, the corner every every, every corner that came from one of those crosses that hit off a first defender. We didn't do anything in the corners either. We
1: just never seemed to be able to threaten from a Too corner. Too easy to defend from a corner, JP. I've said yeah. it. You know, it's like, uh, honest, a team like Livingston, uh, St Johnston, Motherwell, Hearts. these teams will find it really easy to defend against us. And then we're giving them the opportunity to score really easy goals against us. That That's key. That's absolutely key. But, you know... Sometimes you can talk about football and it can become overcomplicated when you're trying to figure out what's wrong. And I think in the final third, like you say there, right, it's a collective in that Kyogu is the the focal point there. But it all comes from the delivery and he's not getting the deliveries and then the head might dip. And as you say, yeah, they're professional footballers on massive wages, but it does kick in. It kicks into their their state of mind. It kicks into their mentality. Um, I love the fact that O'Reilly was having a go at Palma, I think that's absolutely what we need we need the clutchy players who are at the top of their game uh JP, continuing not to drop their own standards, to get everybody else back up to that standard and if Palma's not doing it, I think it's absolutely key I'd much rather see him shouting and screaming at him than doing that wee daft uh, celebration, however, if he does a celebration it means I've scored the goal, so I'm happy right, it as well That was,
0: that was my thinking <laughs> on it but um there, there was um I, when you actually think about it We're relying on Matt O'Reilly in the same way that we're relying on Callum McGregor. Callum McGregor's 30 and the captain of Celtic. Matt O'Reilly's 22 Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. hasn't played consistently at this level. He's still finding his feet at this level, but we are relying on a guy like that. By the way, also a guy that we paid virtually nothing for, what, was that one and a half million or something like that? Was that the kind of set fee?
1: Daily daily robbery. Mm -hmm.
0: It totally is robbery, but in it, and it and obviously you could point to that as being an example of well, that's when you could spend low and make it big. But those those are they're a kind of outliers. Like the the Dembele signing was an outlier as well.
1: You're right, they're not rule You're right. They're, they're every now and again that might happen, but don't go yeah. looking for it every single transfer window because it's no. not going to come along.
0: No, I mean, and as well as that, the January transfer window round the corner. We've had very few successful January transfer windows, let's face it. There was there's there's been a couple that the Maeda trans the Maeda one where we got the three players in before the window had even opened. That was that was a an amazing one. And if you remember last was it was it the first it was Angie's first season that we were really kinda just sort of limping towards the January transfer window in the hope that we would get the right type of players in. And that that would have been the Maeda transfer. Would, it, would that would be the, the first transfer? window? the first January transfer? window? Yeah,
1: yeah. His, his first winter transfer so, window.
0: We were we were limping towards that, and just in the hope that we could stay in touch and and then look to push on, and and that's precisely what happened. Obviously, the game was moved because of COVID into uh, into February, and then we we all know what happened that night. Completely obliterated them. Um, with a full house of our own support, um, so that is kind of the same as we were going now. But they they have to they have to get this right. They have to get every aspect poss- possibly right that they can, whether it's personnel going out on loan or permanently, or or people coming in on loan or permanently. Like yeah. whatever loan signings we get in, it can be people that are miles off it in terms of fitness and uh, confidence and everything else. Whoever we get in has to be somebody that's been sprung and ready to play for whatever team they're playing for, but maybe just haven't had the run of games or whatever, but they have to be fit. We can't be getting people in that are going to take a month or two to get up to fitness because, I mean, there's examples from the past of, of other teams who have signed players who have been miles off it in terms of fitness and not really got going until until the season's over. Yeah. So we, we, we whoever we get in, we need they need to be absolutely ready to just land into that team and and be able to contribute and be able to not frustrate the good players that are already there. that are able to bring those players alive and and and, and make them the best players that they, they could be at Celtic because currently even our best players aren't
1: our best players. They're all, for me, it's almost as like everybody's getting dragged down uh, a, a few notches. And when you're talking about players coming in, that that was that was key to Ange Postacoglu's first season. The fact, I know it's a bit of a cliche now, talk about hit the ground running, um, but it was key because they, quite frankly, had to. We had to have that immediate impact. And it's the immediate impact uh, player that is... Um, described in the chairman's statement. You know, when the financials were announced, um, the chairman's statement spoke about that type of player versus the development player that that we've already mentioned. And that's the type of player that we need. Now, the big thing is you could look at uh, Nat Phillips as a perfect example of a player who has got the experience, so-called, but I pointed out online and I got a bit of flack for it, that although he's got experience, he's not got a huge amount of experience, he's barely played football at the age of 26, JP.
0: 50 games or something?
1: Well, what I I did, I looked at his minutes, because I know back in the day, you never used to think about minutes, did you? It was always like 217 appearances, five sub, six goals, whatever. Um, And now, obviously, looking at minutes. And the actual start was, right, I was looking at Nat Phillips at 26, 26 years of age, and I looked at all the senior football he had played to this point and then I looked at Carl McGregor who I know is a kind of bionic man I get it right but it was just to show the two ends of the scale and during the season when uh, McGregor was 26 um, he played just about as much football as Nat Phillips has played in his entire career that was the differential so people go oh Champions League experience coming from the EPL I get it all but he's not really played much football Mm -hmm. and if he's not played much football JP and then you're asked to play two games a week and I'm talking every game has to be won, cup games, league games, Champions League games, he's not used to that intensity. He's not used to I, I know he's coming from a big club in Liverpool and all the rest of it, but he's not playing two weeks of football, two games of football a week rather for Liverpool and expected to win at that level for Liverpool because he's not got the minutes in his legs. So we don't need that type of player. The other, uh, the kind of flip side is Catter Vickers. Although he hadn't played much football for Spurs, he played a lot of football. You know, he'd taken his opportunities to get loan deals. He'd gone out there and he'd played football. Um, Normally, ordinarily, I wouldn't really want us to do the whole loan thing because I think we've been stung in the past more often than not. But Under the circumstances, I just want quality. And if that quality has to be a loan player, JP, I'll be quite happy with that this time round.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we obviously have got many examples of players that have come in on loan and... (laughs) We've we've contributed to them becoming millionaires, multi-millionaires, um, and they've and they've given us very little in in return. But like you say, it's the responsibility of of, of having to do a job for a club as big as this, and do it do it week in week out. And and by the way, I don't think uh, his namesake should be forgiven for uh, uh, for his first half performance. I thought Alistair Johnston was way off it in the first half. And I actually said I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't come back out in the second was half. That,
1: was it tactical uh, or was it due to his performance? Was, was there an injury there?
0: I don't know. I've not heard anything about an injury, but I just based on the 45 minutes that I saw, yeah. he was he was making a player in Mikey Johnson who already looks not great. And he was making him look even worse by his distribution to him. And the, the, I'm, By the way, I'm not saying that that's the reason why Mikey Johnson didn't play well, because... Whenever Mikey Johnson did get down the wing, it was hitting the first man. He wasn't beating that last man or attempting to beat the last man ever. So, you run out
1: of patience with him, JP?
0: I think I probably have. I. I think I think I, 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 I would. I would. I would obviously give him, give all players my support. But I think when when the guys had a run of ty- a run of games and he has had a run of games, which is mm-hmm. the thing that you always say a player needs. I mean, obviously I would absolutely love it if he played on Saturday and finally turned it on and fit. Because obviously the more you do something, then the more likely you are to succeed. But in his case, you've got such a dossier of history that tells you that he's not going to succeed because he hasn't done for five years and he's been out on loan, which is what he probably needed. And I think now we're seeing that it's maybe not just going to happen at for him at Celtic. And that's... That, that's not any massive crime it's just a case of that can happen with anybody it's like well at some point someone has to take to make the decision and be like right between the player and the club this isn't working Mm -hmm. I I, I need to move on you need me to move on because you want to free up my wages that you've given me because he's on a five-year deal isn't he so a sensible conversation needs to be had whether those sensible conversations have already been had and that's what's impacting the team because we're having to call upon people that have been told, again, this was brought up somewhere else uh, on either Homeboys or e And there's a very good point that uh, is it the case that these conversations have been had already and you're having to go to these players like Turnbull, like mm-hmm. Johnston, like Bernabe and ask for a tune-out of them when they know that they're completely yeah. surplus, to, surplus to the requirements. Um, so that's that's the conundrum. But uh, th- th- there was a lot of a lot of um, abuse flying around after Saturday, and people kind of bewildered walking out. And there's I saw a few tweets: calling what? Brendan Rogers out.
1: Ooh. Yeah, I mean, well, I, let's I, talk about let's talk about that because there's a few people in, in here, right? I'll bring in I'll bring in Jungle Line <clears throat> contributes uh, regularly. If not every day, just about every single day to the stream. And Jungle Lion says, has Rogers got three games to save his Celtic career. Um, I think the Sack the Board chance, to go back to that, um, it's not even about them being premature, they just it's not gonna happen. It's not mm. gonna happen. When we were singing Sack the Board and um, you know, there was banners and there was boycotts back in the nineties, that's because something could be done. Uh, to overturn the the custodians of the club back then something definitely could be done um, and it was street movements that started the movement and obviously you had the engagement between guys like Fergus McCann and the Sales for Change guys Matt McGlone etc and it was very very well planned and you know it was it was epic actually looking back on it and the fact that it's a massive anniversary of that next year should always be celebrated but there was a point to it, is what I'm saying. I think singing sat the board or chanting sat the board now is basically just telling them we're not happy with you. We, we, we all know we can do nothing about that side of things um, mm-hmm. just because of the the, stru- the corporate structure of the club. And as it is, sat the manager, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I think if you do that, then you're going to have a, a situation where you can write this season off, absolutely. And then there's going to be an impact next season as well. And then the guy you bring in, there's no guarantee there. You look at the, the managers, we were linked to JP. I can't remember off the top of my head who you wanted because we were dealing with a list of guys who may or may not have been uh, genuine candidates for Celtic. I wanted Rogers, of course I do, but I'm not going to be walking about with my eyes closed to any of the deficiencies directly caused by him if mm. things aren't going well. I've seen a lifeless Celtic team at the weekend. Um, 30 minutes in, you're 2 nothing down. You've still got an hour. You've still got an hour, and I've seen nothing in that hour. Against Kilmarnock, when you realise that you're playing the game for 110 sorry, 100 minutes, you've got another 10 minutes. It was actually, I think it ran on to about 113. And I've seen nothing during that time. They no fight, the mentality was all wrong, no creativity. It was lifeless. And I think that a lot of that comes from the gaffer, because the gaffer has, apparently, I mean, I'm talking about how he appears in public, JP, and in the presser's seems a lot more passive. Um, I had a great conversation yesterday uh, with someone who is a Sunderland fan. We're talking about Martin O'Neill, right? And I said to him, I I truly believe we got the best out of Martin O'Neill. There's a moment in a football player's career and in a manager's career where everything is right, both their form, their decision-making, but it's the spark, JP, that I feel is missing. And when we had Martin O'Neill, and we were shown the the footage on Monday night at the Meowby gig at Grace's, when Mark O'Neill came to the steps and I was looking at him and I'm thinking he was never been better than that moment. You know, he was fully energetic, he was fully fired, had the fire in his belly and he had that spark. And this is my biggest worry about Rogers: Has he lost that? Has he lost that spark? That's the big thing for me.
0: I mean, obviously pointing to the Kilmarnock and the Harps games and the reaction or lack of reaction, but then you could also point to Perth and... He came out after that game and said that it was the angriest he'd ever been as a manager at half time. So yeah. and the, players, the players all acknowledged that they'd got a hair dryer at halftime and they'd and, and they'd responded. I just don't get how you can be angry as a manager, get a response from your players in the second half, beat Feyenoord, get beat off Kilmarnock the following week, and then beat Feyenoord. And then get beat off. Heart. I mean, it's just it's so. But but I I've been thinking about it, and I and I think it's so like that because you're relying on players who haven't checked done, out, or either have checked out or, or or just because they haven't done the business for Celtic on a consistent basis. Like yeah, Yang hasn't done the business for Celtic on a consistent. Johnston, Al, uh, Mikey hasn't done the business. Even Palma hasn't done the business on a consistent basis. Showed flashes. Fair enough. Scored the Champions League, can't question that. But he hasn't been that guy that's just had consistent numbers, you know, either an assist or a goal every week, and that's what you need at Celtic. You have to have players like that who are going to do that. So that's probably why it's been like that. Mm-hmm. And we need to get back to that. Definitely. <laughs> just, just you know, uh, a consistent
1: as long as that as long as that isn't a flat line. <laughs> get that, you know, get that consistency. The thing the thing is, JP, if you've got like different collections of players in there, you've got the Matt O'Reilly uh, type of player who is still looking at his season and thinking, right, I'm scoring all these goals, I'm at the top of my game, I'm getting Champions League uh, man-of-the-match performances I've broken into the Danish squad, and he's like thriving for every game, and he really wants to make an impression. You've got that level. And by the way, he's in a group of very, very few players at that kind of level at the moment. Then you've got the guys who haven't been playing football regularly and there's loads of them in our squad, which is why we keep going on about the bloated nature of the squad. And you're asking them like off the bat, right, you're in the squad and I want I want you to perform immediately. That was why Ralston was such an anomaly when he came in. That was so unusual for a footballer to be out of the picture all but twice, I think, two games in 18 months for Celtic, throw him in, perform. That's so difficult for a player. And then that's the type of player that you've got with, with Mikey Johnson, for example, And then you're bringing in a whole clutch of guys, like you've suggested, who I might have already been told, you're not in my plans. We're going to try and get you out in January, but you're actually going to have to be in my squad now. Then you've got another group of players, I think, who, uh, when it comes to the confidence player, Kyogo, for example, undoubted talent. Three of the best moments of this season have come from him. Three of the best goals have come from Kyogo. Two in the Champions League, one against Rangers. Most important goal of the season
0: so Which, far. By the way, could easily be forgotten about given our current predicament. It's, 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 until somebody actually like yourself says that, you you could be forgiven for forgetting the fact that he scored against Atletico Madrid. He scored against Rangers at Ibrox, and people go, "Oh well, that was you know that wasn't the current Rangers team." But it is the current Rangers team. Yeah, it, yes. Yeah. They might have a different manager, but it's still the same team pretty much. Well, it is the same team.
1: Same group yeah. of players, absolutely.
0: So aye, that, that that definitely has to be
1: highlighted, I would agree. But that, that's a disjointed nature. And I, I mentioned maybe two or three weeks ago about um, the mentality thing, which is always in my mind because it can turn great players into mediocre players if they're not tuned in. And if you bring in, and this is my point that I made a few weeks back, if you bring in nine players, JP then it can seriously affect the overall mentality of the group because you're looking at just under 30 percent of your, your group, your, your squad, and if none of them have come for a winning mentality, if none of them have come from a, a club whereby you play two games a week, you must win every single game. otherwise you know serious questions will be asked, then you've got a group of players there who the, the whole kind of culture and mentality can swing the, the wrong way. And that, that was my concern with bringing in so many bodies. Because, you know, Odenholm, yeah, I think he's got potential. Uh, Yang, we've seen flashes. Palma, inconsistent and indisciplined as well. And you could go through them all. you haven't seen enough of them. Kwan, haven't seen any of them. Uh, Nowroski, absolute dilemma uh, around whether or not uh, he's going to have a future. JP, uh, a total enigma at the moment. Uh, why is he no playing? Apparently he's training. Um, and he's not shown the personality. Bielk, massive red flag towards what happened in the recruitment. I'm going to take a. a Bernardo, step
0: back for a bit. A Bernardo as well. I mean, I, I would, I would probably suggest if there was an option to cut that deal short, I would yep.
1: do
0: that uh, because I so. <laughs> if we've had so many throws of the dice in, in that third, third position in the midfield, and none of them have grabbed it. If if Paolo Bernardo on loan cannot take that cannot take that midfield place and make it his in the time that we've had him in the time when we've needed him, then I would suggest he's probably never going to do it. So if you can get if you can get him out of his uh, loan deal and 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 back to his parent club, that frees up a spot and, and a wage for someone that could come in either permanently. Or, or or on loan but again that's, that's back to the scouting and the recruitment like someone signed that off someone said that was a good idea and is it the same person that said Jota was a good idea or is it, or is it a different person
1: and, and Araujo um, if that's how you pronounce him coming f- I know he's not at Benfica but he came through at Benfica um, mm. as well but I think if are right Bernardo I would do exactly what we did with Abelgar and uh, Marit Schentz and I would I would cut that short it's not what, but I'm going to ask you though. Uh, in the absence of Hatate, we have seen Home, Awata, Turnbull, and Bernardo. Um, and Alan Morrison pointed out last week that it's almost as if they were all played for very specific reasons against specific opposition. Bernardo mm-hmm. got the nod in the Champions League, um, and it depended on the defensive nature of the team we were playing as to whether or not David Turnbull got a game. Um, I I'm going to ask you the question out of the four. Who's impressed you the most, JP? Because none you're right, none of them have you know, stapled their, their colours to the mast in terms of, I'm a first-team player, look at my performances. None of them have. But all of the four, who's impressed the most? Because one of them is going to be playing uh, this weekend.
0: Are they, though? I mean, could could he do something different on Saturday, perhaps? I don't know. If, if he could maybe mix it up and play somebody else there or not play three in the midfields, does he right. do something different? I mean, we have watched it. Watching that whole Hearts game felt like we were watching the same game of football every two minutes. It was just like mm-hmm. a repeat. Celtic on the ball in that game was just like the same two minutes over and over and over again. Which is why my confidence in us even getting one goal back started to uh, kind of dissipate as that exactly. second as that second wore on. You're just like, where's this coming from? Where are we? Where are we getting? Uh, three goals from it's just it's not it actually made me think of um, when I when I was 20 and I moved to live in, in, in France I had to go to Nice for six months to live sounds like a chore it definitely wasn't <laughs> it was an amazing time in my life but the day that I left to go to France and some people remember this was the John Barnes season as I was getting on the flight Celtic were 2-0 up at Celtic Park against Harps and, yeah, and when I got oh, off flight, when I got off the flight to the other side, we were we'd been beaten three two, mm-hmm. and uh, I just couldn't help but shake that thought from my mind when when I was at that game on Saturday. I was just like, wow, I don't think I've ever seen us lose to Hearts at Celtic Park, and then you go back to was it 2007 was the two thousand and seven was last time they beat us at Celtic Park, and that was the first back to back league games that we've lost since uh, twenty thirteen,
1: so. What frustrates me, right, is when um, certain people in the media are asked the question and they wheel, they wheel out things that like, ah, but, you know, they've gone this lengthy time. Right, I get all that. Celtic will always have big, big runs, JP, but this is the culmination of poor form, really mm. topsy-turvy. I've called it Jekyll and Hyde form. You see the good performance a few times this season, sometimes in Europe, followed by a dreadful performance, lifeless, absolutely lacking in ideas, energy. Uh, momentum. I'm going to ask you actually because you brought up a good point. I was I was already going to ask. You know, Celtic uh, playing against Livingston. Um, should we really be approaching that in the same kind of shape and in, in the same style as, as we would um, Lazio at home? And I think the answer is undoubtedly no. So it does give you the opportunity to, uh, to shake things up. And I'm, I'm going to ask, and we're going to throw it out to the commenters as well. Over a thousand watching live. Thanks everybody for getting involved. What do you think? Do we change shape? Can we go to a three-five-two? Are we able to play with two up top? And um, this missing jersey since Atati's been injured this season. Let's let's just not try and fill it. Uh, let's try and change the shape of it. JP, do you, I think we've got the personnel to do it.
0: No, well, have got, got Maeda back as well, so you could play uh, potentially either Maeda and Kyogo up top, or Maeda and Oh. Uh, sorry. Oh, and kyogo that would be the initial sort of train of thought, but um, like you said, it should, it should be getting approached in a different manner to, to other games, but with regards to like the back-to-back losses, I, a guy commented on the, when I was talking about the Kilmarnock loss, and I was I likened it to the St Mirren loss under Ange Postacoglu. I wasn't saying that it was necessarily the same, I was just more pointing out that a defeat can happen along the way when you're, even if you're playing really well as we were at that time we just out of nowhere couldn't couldn't beat St Mirren and got beat comprehensively 2-0 when it was fair and square but I, th- that didn't that wasn't then followed up with a home defeat so you, there's, a, there's obviously a difference in my thought process of how I was thinking after Kilmarnock away and now I've seen us lose back to back and certainly losing at home to a Hearts team who are that great I mean they've worked hard and everything else and um, they've obviously got a, a a goal scorer a guy in Kingsley who can definitely hit a free kick uh, as was pointed out just before he hit it um, by uh, Eddie's grandson behind me Pierce who was like oh, can, 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 I'm pretty sure he said can Kingsley not hit a free kick and as soon as the ball left his foot an expletive came from Pierce's mouth, which I knew meant that that was in. I, I mean, I knew it was, it looked like it was going in from my angle, but the F word that was uh, uttered by him as soon as the ball left his foot meant that I knew that it was in. So, um, aye, just just to refer to that um, with regards to the, the away defeat, wasn't he then followed up with a home defeat? So, this is a different situation we're in now. Um, but of the other of players that you asked me there, nudging just ahead as a latter of, of, of all of them. Um, I, I'd agree with that. Um, only because I've seen enough from him in some of the games where to, to suggest that he could be a Celtic player going forward. There's there's as in a Celtic player who plays every week. Um, that's how I consider someone as a Celtic player if, if it's someone that I know is going to play a run of games. Um, and the other midfielders that have come in at this point in time don't make me don't make me think that.
1: No. The, the good thing, I think, if you're going to a... You could say it's a 3 five, 2 but obviously when you're defending, um, it's easy enough then. Let's say Stephen Welsh is playing as part of the three at the back. JP, he has experience of playing right back, so you can cover the right-hand side. Scales, he can do the same on the left. A Awata can drop back. And then, you know, you can defend with four at the back. So I think it is something, and it's not just about throwing something in there and hope, hopefully it works. I do think you've got to play to your strengths in terms of the personnel, uh, Maeda's got to start um, as well. And I think, obviously, if you're playing too up top, it's really to to try and um, get over this bad form that Kyogo's found himself in. Um, we can use cliches and say being a striker is a confidence thing, being a goalie is a confidence thing. I totally get it. Uh, but, um, you know, Kyogo could score a hat-trick this weekend and he's up to nine, and he's only two short from the corresponding fixer last season, yeah. and everything starts to change. But we just can't get out the bit, JP. We can't get over that wee hump at the moment, and uh, it's a bit of a concern. Um, there's loads to talk about. I'm going to bring in the two ends of the scale here, right? The first one coming in from Marquis e, who just wants us to talk about music all day. I can get that, by the way, uh, rather than talk about recruitment, sacking the board and everybody else, and Celt88 disagrees, know the music again. Well, listen, right? I'm going to use that as an opportunity to say, look at my mug, right? Don't know if anybody's noticed it. This. this is a Liam Gallagher mug. And I love it. And it says, uh, why T, why not? So I like that. I play on words. Um, I used to have a, an Ian Brown one, JP, and people have asked me, why don't you use it anymore? I'm very superstitious. And that was during the pandemic season, so I ditched it. And a pal of mine, John Neary, came along to the studio one day. It used to be in a band back in the day. And um, I gifted him it. He said, where'd you get that mug? I said, you can have it. And it's got bad luck written or all those All those streams during the pandemic, I've got that Ian Bruin mug every time. So it's gone. Uh, but the reason I'm bringing up the bold Liam, love him or loathe him, he's a rock and roll star. He's a great front man. You have had the, you have had the pleasure of meeting him, spending a bit of time with him, JP. And today's announcement is just blown my mind. I would say my two favourite bands of all time are Oasis and the Stone Roses. Mm. And they've combined Liam and John Squire are releasing new music. It's been announced this morning. You can pre-order it. It didn't give you a snippet of the tune in amongst that wee kind of montage, I don't think. Might Even be-
0: in the last few seconds, I'm sure the, la- the last oh. few seconds you got. Because the Oasis podcast retweeted it and put, uh, like, the sound of that riff or something like that. So. I've
1: seen that, right? So there is a bit of the end. Mm. Brilliant. I'll listen back to that. I'm buzzing about that, JP. Uh, and because... You've said don't talk about music. I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm on that bit now. It's Squire and Gallagher recording music together. That is absolutely insane.
0: It's pretty cool. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. I mean, I, I massive Stone Roses fan when I was a wee guy, and then never got to see them properly until oh, I was working in the park. So when you're working in the park, everybody thinks you get to just see everything, but you're at a stage you're looking after. The bands at a stage you're not going to get to just wander about um, as much as maybe you'd like to, but I did get to see the end of uh, the Stone Roses set. I think it was 2014 last year at Bolado, mm-hmm. and that was huge for me. I mean, people will say they're not the best live or in like that, but it's still those songs, and those songs are anthems. It was a chemistry, it was the
1: energy. You're the right.
0: Anthems songs anthem when I was when I was wee, and I was into them in the primary school when I had no right to be into. Stone Roses and Happy Mondays and everything else Should have been dancing to Jive Bunny and the Master Mixers or whatever. <laughs> but no, I got into them just to do Pals Big Brothers and stuff like that So, And then, you know, there is no Liam Gallagher without Ian Brown I mean, he basically has completely copied his entire uh, image and style I Obviously put a bit of his own spin on it as well Totally, but, totally um, And
1: he, he realises it though, he, doesn't he? He accepts that that yeah. Brown was his biggest influence. I can't remember the gig but he's seen them in Manchester I think and yeah, he just realised that's what I want to be yeah I want to be I want, to be, I want yeah. to be that guy in I always same, remember in the same
0: token Noel Gallagher saw Johnny Marr on top of the Pops and was just like I want to be as cool as
1: that guy you know who i seen on top of the Pops and wanted to be Adam and the Ants so there's maybe an image out there we already make up I don't know maybe it is um, but what I always remember 1996 Reading. Right when the Roses, obviously, it was a, it was a, the final gig before they split up for good, and then they came back obviously in twenty twelve. But Reading, um, someone was leaving. I, I read the, uh, I've still got the NME somewhere, but I read the review, and it was like uh, someone was walking away from the main stage, uttering under his breath, "Who does that guy think he is, Liam Gallagher?" So it <laughs> kind of came full, full full circle, and that was the end of the Roses, but they came back. Um, yes, there's loads of things happening in the world of Celtic. Uh, I totally get it. But this is Liam Gallagher and John Square. we're talking about here. Come on. Uh, double denim. Afternoon. I think the next few games are key in determining how much surgery we need in January. For me, there is still a league-winning squad there if we stay injury-free and utilise players properly. See, the problem I've got, uh, JP, right, is how bad we think it is right now. Bottle it. That's how bad it is, and that's how we need to be approaching January. Even if we went on a wee winning streak here and won the next three games comfortably, including the Rangers game, Makes any difference to me. We still need major surgery on this squad because I just think there's there's been some bad timing. We talk about it being a treble winning squad, absolutely, but it's a treble winning squad less five, not even just less three, less five players. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to say Yakimakis ja- and Janavic were part of that squad, mm-hmm. um, as well as Moy and Jota um, and Starfield, and and so we've not brought in the same quality for those five. I think the argument would be around probably Johnston. For Zoranovic, uh, I don't know if he's quite there yet. I think he showed last season that he was a proper player. This season, his form's been up and down. So four four players of quality lost without being uh, properly replaced—that's huge. So a third of your team. So we definitely need surgery in January. But I've,
0: seen, I've seen enough in the last few games to, to tell me how much surgery needs done in January. I don't. I don't, I don't need to see it in the next three games. I, I, what I want to see in the next three games is, if it's a lot of these players' last hurrah at Celtic, which it may well be, then go out all guns blazing. Don't don't go out with, you know, don't go out and make your last few games a uh, a memory that we all will just easily forget. And you don't want that to happen to to players. I mean, it would be great. If The decision has been made. The, Say Mikey Johnson has a man-of-the-match performance on Saturday. Does that mean to say that I want him to be the future and start for... Like, I see a future where he's starting for Celtic and he's like in the same bracket as a Maeda or a Kyogo or a Matt Riley. I just don't see that happening. But you would, you, would, you would far rather go out with a bang than just go out with a kind of, oh, well, I'm not good enough. And sort of have your head down or whatever. I mean, he might not play at all on Saturday after, after the previous weekend. I don't know. It's it's a it's an interesting uh, approach to the team selection and the team lineup being announced on Saturday. I genuinely, I mean, you obviously could pick a few guarantees. I don't think there's going to be any wild inclusions. But it's who who from that group does he start in that game?
1: Um, I've got I've got an idea. Because I've, I've, I've been thinking about it, JP. I've been thinking about playing to your strengths, um, you know, trying to look at the core group and saying these are the guys I can rely on um, for different reasons. Uh, obviously, if Rio Atati was fit, he would be one of them, but he's not. Joe Hart, Joe Hart's got to start, right? I, I mean, he's he's coming for logic criticism, but what's your alternative? Joe Hart has got to start. And you've got to say to Joe, like what he was doing, putting an arm around the uh, lager belt after the game against Feyenoord, he needs to play a, a captain's role. He needs to be a leader. He's not commanding enough in his box, J.P. He's one of the main reasons we're so weak and we're so easy to score against. So Joe Hart, I would say AJ, but if you're going to change the shape, he might not actually start if you're going to change the shape. Um, Carter Vickers, Callum McGregor, Matt O'Reilly, they're, they're your three givens. Week in, week out, There's your three givens. And Carter Vickers has been struggling with injury made us back, got to get him back in the team, Play to his strengths and Kyogo's strengths. Um, obviously, when Abada comes back, he'll be the same as Rio. He'll come right back into the team. Kyogo, you know, similarly to, to Hart, you're going to have to sit him down and say, listen, we need you to raise your your levels here. Um, and you're, you're you're looking at skills this season. Scale starts. There's, there's no way you're dropping them. Um, and then anybody around about that group of players there, GP, they've got to come and prove that they're worthy of the jersey.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, you're you're having to go to the well with the same players, but at the same time, those players will not have experienced that before on Saturday, where uh, and there was there was there was booing at halftime, whether that was at the ref or not, I don't know, or whether it was at the, the board or whoever. But I mean, the booing was 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 quite apparent, <laughs> and you're not getting away from it. And as they took their Walk around the pitch at the end that was booing at that point as well. I mean, it, they, they surely have to have taken that on board and and, and want to show a reaction to that because that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a reaction on Saturday, similar to the reaction that Rodgers got from them at halftime in Perth only two or three weeks ago. Yeah. We're not talking about a different season. This is the same season. So the same players have got it in them to react to adversity it's just they haven't done it consistently and they haven't given us any reason to be confident about them doing it consistently because there's draws in there at Easter Road there's draws at home against St Johnston against Motherwell we haven't I'm pretty sure we haven't won three back-to-back games this season all season so, so that is a, a an indicator to us as fans that we can't rely on this team to go three games in a row winning. And they have to prove to us that they can do that. And certainly in the next three games, if there was ever three games to win back-to-back, then it
1: would be these ones. This is it. There's a few big big talking points I want to throw at you for the last couple of minutes, JP. First one, Green Brigade.
0: Ah, yeah. I
1: knew that was I coming. mean, we're at loggerheads, aren't we? Um, nothing seems to be moving, or it's moving at a snail's pace.
0: Ah, this is... It's daft now. I mean... I wouldn't say we necessarily were out by the heart support on Saturday because there wasn't much of them to do it, but it's it's hamstringing us in a way that is so unnecessary. And to think that this is all being taken on, this has all been going on for nine, ten weeks or something like that now, I mean, how, how can that not be resolved? You're talking about adults mm-hmm. having a conversation about whether or not, some people should be allowed in the ground. I just—if anybody's done anything so heinous that they don't deserve to be in a football ground, attacking anybody or anything like that, then those individuals surely could be identified and and then they're punished by law or whatever. You know, I mean, I, I don't You'll, agree. Do with them directly. I don't directly agree directly. with anybody doing anything that is, you know, above the law. If you've done something, you deserve to be punished for it, but however many people if you're trying to tell me that 260 people or 270 people have all broken the law then I'd be very surprised if that's the case and you're just it's just affecting I mean people will say you should be able to sing or whatever but like I said previously the the support and the fan base have become accustomed and probably a bit lazy into just letting the Green Brigade or the boys or the two of them together start the songs and ignite what we all know is a a great atmosphere at Celtic Park. Whenever that gets going and it spreads around the ground, that's why it's become a a place where people don't really want to come. When when we're on song, we look at the night against them in February with the the lights uh, and we just ran over the top of them. That was when... Everybody was in complete and utter full voice. People probably had taken the afternoons off work and everything else, and everyone was well, well oiled for for that night. And what a night it was! And that was only two years ago, do you know? So or a year and a half, I can't remember. Time, time is—I don't know what time is anymore. Um, but that needs to be rectified, and it needs to be rectified before the thirtieth, because you just don't want. Uh, you you want us to be in the best position as a club on the park and off the park for that game why would we hamstring ourselves uh, in a situation like that when when surely it can be resolved like I said it's not this is not some sort of uh, debate between two countries about uh, anything overly serious this is just about a, a supporter base or a support or supporter's group being allowed into a ground to watch their team that they support. How does it get to this point where we're at this?
1: So, um, Dallas. Uh, the example I used yesterday, JP, is I don't know if you if you're a member of a CSC, but um, anybody who has been, if you want to get a letter through the door, saying that because obviously the 270 uh, approximately members that we're talking about are members of a CSC at the ticket office. And that's why you can identify every single member of the Green Brigade in Mm -hmm. that respect. Um, If you were a member of a a CSC and you got a letter through the door because some steamer uh, did something at the game the previous week, you wouldn't expect to be punished for that. You know, they might not sit anywhere near you. You would Mm -hmm. not expect to be punished because you travel in the same bus and you, you pay your annual membership to the CSC. you would not expect that you would be up and uproar. But because it's a Green Brigade, it's almost as if different set of rules, JP. And I know there's a charter, there's a charter that they've agreed to. But within that charter, if one person um, disobeys that or breaks the rule, surely the whole group cannot be condemned no. for that. And it, and it worries me uh, that, that there is a train of thought that the club don't want them back. And there isn't going to be that resolution and there's not going to be that sit-down because that unity uh, that we've been talking about um, is never going to be there. If You know, a massive, vocal, influential section of the, the, the fan base, which, for me, has got a huge amount of support. You know, I'm not a member of the Green Brigade. I think on one occasion I've been in amongst them at a cup game, which was uh, fun. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. But when I go... Um, I'll I, I go and sit down, I'm getting a wee bit old for that I'm a, a bit old and grey JP, I agree with loads of their political Viewpoints, uh, I think their charity Work is phenomenal And then we get onto the atmosphere that they actually inject Into the stadium, which is Now really, really lacking um, Get them back in, do what you need To do, you know, get, get round the table Sort it out, because we're Talking about... Wait, adults them-
0: Like, adults, it's yeah. Embarrassing, it's like it's like falling out with somebody at school, and then just like stubbornly falling out with them for the rest of the the rest of the day, or the rest of the, the school week, or whatever. It's like somebody needs to force them to like shake hands and get on with it. It's they've,
1: they've made their point. They've made their point. Let's resolve it now. Um, so that that's a big one as well. Uh, going into the game at the weekend, we will obviously cover it as we always do. We'll be back tomorrow at twelve thirty. Uh, well over a thousand getting stuck in about uh, the topics in the comments field. Thank you all for getting involved just before Christmas as well. We will be streaming live right up and if the contributors are unavailable, I'll just keep it going. We interviewed um, mialby the other night and we filmed it as well, JP. So uh, we filmed the whole night. We'll have a like a highlights package and, and uh, the wee backstage interview that we did with the big man as well. And we'll stick that out on Christmas Day so that I don't have to do any work on Christmas Day. Um, so yeah, be, looking forward to that.
0: I'll be in Ireland next Thursday, so I
1: won't be available. I'll be in...
0: Where will I be on Thursday? I'll be in uh, Killarney. That's where I'll be. So, nice. Yeah. Nice. Never been before, so I'm going over to see a band that I've done a bunch of shows with over here called the Coronas. They're huge in Ireland, so um, yeah, going to see them.
1: I'm looking forward. You had Killarney. Wow. Right? You'll be missed. You'll be missed, JP. But enjoy it. Enjoy it, and enjoy obviously uh, Christmas as well. Thanks everybody for getting involved. I've been Paul John Dykes. Thank you very much to JP Mason for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Cheers, Bob. Network.